Well, it seems like Jesus just doesn't want to let up in what he's saying in the gospel for these last few weeks. We spent basically the last month talking about how we need to die to ourselves, to take up the cross and follow Jesus, that path of death so that we can rise to new life with him. How we need to cut out of our life anything that would prevent us from, from reaching him. Whoever says that being a Christian is easy isn't really listening to what Jesus is saying. Because he has every opportunity to lighten the load, but he just keeps going. And today he goes even farther to the most intimate and personal aspect of human life. And that's marriage. Today we hear Jesus' prohibition of divorce. He said whoever divorces and marries another commits adultery against the original spouse. Now Jesus is really the first one to do this kind of thing. Just why the Pharisees asked him about it, and why the disciples reacted the way they did. The Pharisees were trying to pit Jesus against the people, to turn them against him. The disciples asked him again privately, is this really what you mean? And although Jesus could have qualified what he said, he didn't. So how can we make sense of this in today's world? Because it, it's difficult. There's an incredible amount of pain and brokenness in our world today, especially around marriage. But we need to hear the message that Jesus wants to speak to us today. And notice what he does. He doesn't answer the question about divorce directly. Instead, he goes back to the beginning. He goes back to the book of Genesis that we heard in our first reading today. To what God originally intended for man and woman. Because we can't look at divorce unless we first understand marriage. We can't look at the negative unless we understand the fullness of the mystery that God wants to reveal to us through marriage. And today, on Respect Life Sunday, there's no better place to start in, with Respect Life than with the family, which, which the marriage bond is the foundation of the family. Because whether we're talking about abortion, whether we're talking about end-of-life issues, even if we're just talking about respecting the dignity of every person that we encounter, it has to be rooted in the family. And marriage has to be the foundation of the family. It's interesting that in the Bible, it both begins and ends with marriage. It begins with what we heard today in the first reading, the story of Adam and Eve, and how God joined them together in a lifelong bond to care for this newly created world. He created them in His image and established them in this relationship of love with Him. In the last chapter of the Bible, the very end of the book of Revelation, ends with the marriage supper of the Lamb, where Jesus and the church are brought into full communion in the new creation that's redeemed by a sacrifice on the cross. And in fact, the whole of the Bible is filled with marriage imagery, how God relates to His people. That's why marriage is so important, even for those of us who aren't married, because it reveals something to us. See, marriage is a, is a sacrament. And what sacraments do is they take visible things and reveal something invisible to us, reveal something about God. So in baptism, the water reveals the cleansing, the regeneration, the rebirth into a new life of Christ. In the Eucharist, the bread and wine become the body and blood of Jesus. In marriage, the man and woman reveal something about how God relates to each one of us. See, we, we were made in the image of God. So that means we were made by love, for love. 
We all have this, this fundamental desire to completely love somebody else with everything that we are. And to be loved by somebody else unconditionally, without any reservations or hesitation, to be secure in that love. That's what it means to be human. That's something that we all desire when it comes down to it. But in the end, only God can fully satisfy that desire. But he gives marriage to us as a sign that points and reminds us of the love to which we're called. See, marriage points to what each of us are destined for. Full, total union with God in heaven. So if we want to see what we're called to, if we want to see how we're supposed to live, we look at that relationship of husband and wife, the way that God originally intended it. So this, if that's what God wants to reveal to us in marriage, that he has an unbreakable, unconditional relationship with us, that he gives himself completely to us every day, then that's why Jesus has to speak against divorce, because it breaks the essential meaning of marriage. Because God will never abandon us or leave us. No matter what we do, God will always be there, no matter what. But unfortunately, none of us married God. Except, I guess, me and, and, and Father Joey. So there's, there's, a, in, there's imperfection. None of us are going to live up to that, that perfect standard. We're all imperfect people who are inevitably going to fail to live up to this high standard that Christ is setting forth for us. I mean, for example, husbands, your, love, your call is to love your wife as Christ loved the church. That's how Christ loved the church. By giving himself completely for her. Of course we're going to miss the mark. Of course we're not going to be able to live up to that. So how, how, can we, how can we ever hope to live up to that? Aristotle, he was a, a, an influential philosopher, one of the most influential philosophers in the world. And he lived centuries before Jesus was even born. And he said something that has a lot of insight. He said that a lasting friendship, which is what marriage is, a permanent lasting friendship, is formed not when two people fall in love with each other, but when they together fall in love with something that transcends them. He says that if it's only two people falling in love with each other, that relationship is eventually going to break down. And that's because, I think, that they themselves can't fulfill each other. The husband is not supposed to be the fulfillment of his wife. The wife is not supposed to be the fulfillment of her husband. Each of us has this hole that can only be filled by that something that transcends us, which is ultimately God. That's why Jesus says what God has joined together, man can't separate. Because marriage isn't just two people committing to each other. It's not an act of man. It's a divine act. It's an act of God. And whenever, whenever we lose sight of that, the essential meaning of marriage is lost. Part of it, yes, is falling in love with each other, but that can't be the whole story. Marriage isn't just this remedy for loneliness. God didn't look at Adam and say, oh, you're going to be lonely. I'm going to give you up someone so you're not lonely anymore. The purpose of marriage isn't to make us feel content, to take away the pain of life. More often than not, marriage is what brings the pain. But that's good, because it's from that place that we can get out of ourselves. 
that we can love somebody else, even and especially when it doesn't feel good. We can be an image of how God loves each one of us every single day. That's the cement that holds a marriage together. The only way that we can do that is by together falling in love with God. It doesn't take two people to get married. It takes three. And so we said earlier that Jesus, is the, if the marriage is the sign of Jesus' relationship with us, that's what that relationship looks like. Christ continues to live out this mystery of the cross through each marriage. The cross that brings us salvation. And that's because it's in and through that marriage that husband and wife find their salvation and redemption, like Father Joey said. That's the goal. That's what happens in a marriage. The only way that we can do that is by cooperating with the grace of the sacrament. By together falling more deeply in love with God. And I'm going to sound like a song on repeat at this point, but we have to talk to God in the silence of our own prayer if we, if we hope for that to happen, if we want anything to change. That's essential. Everyone has to do that. The couples, I want to challenge you to do this together. I have some married friends who, who end every day with their exam, this examination of their day that we've been talking about. Every night they, they come and they tell each other and God, this is what I'm thankful for. This is what I need to ask for forgiveness for. This is what I need help with. And then they resolve together to do better tomorrow. And without fail, it's been a constant source of blessing and grace in their marriage. That's what marriage looks like. Couples taking up their crosses daily, falling in love with God more deeply together. And that's what God wants to reveal to all of us through this sacrament and mystery of marriage. That there's someone who loves us totally and without any conditions. Who gives himself to us every day, completely, no matter what. And despite the hurt and the pain that's present in this world, that truth, that truth of the beautiful mystery of marriage is a truth that's worth fighting for.